Hey everybody, we at Podgave Rock and Roll Do You want to make it clear that we don't mean any offense by our comments, critiques, or opinions. We're not music critics, just buddies that use talking about music as an excuse to hang out. Also, our language is intended for adult ears. Enjoy! Cause I'm in the shit house Wish I played in a rock and roll band Somebody give me a dollar bill So I can pass out All right, so this week we are going to do something a little bit different. Neil and I have spent the last couple of weeks preparing for an album release party. Our band, For the Kings, released a new album called Turn It Off. And so we had a party to celebrate. And it went well. We played the songs. It sounded good. But it left us little time for doing a new podcast. So... Uh, in light of the sad news of Robbie Robertson's passing, we are going to play an encore of an episode we released last year where we discussed one of Robbie Robertson's most well-known songs that he wrote as a member of the band, and it's called The Wait. And our guest at this time was Mr. Billy Griffin. And on that note, you were listening to Pod Gave Rock and Roll to you. And this week we were talking about The Weight from the band's 1968 album, Music from the Big Pink, written by Robbie Robertson and produced by John Simon and released on Capitol Records. I pulled into Nazareth. This is clearly one of the most classic songs ever made how many people have done covers of it it's amazing and it reminds me of uh, i mean the reason i picked it is i love the band and it totally just reminds me of summers at my parents house when i was growing up especially on sundays on sundays you know, when you live in the Midwest and it's nice out, you have to take advantage of those days because uh, you never know. Oh, yeah. It could it could snow the next day. So my parents would grill out a lot on Sundays and they'd always have music playing. And I, I remember this song amongst like uh, the wing Paul McCartney's first Wings album and some Billy Joel <laughs> and Bruce Springsteen and then nice. the band. A lot of CCR as well. My dad, uh, my dad went to Woodstock in 69. So no shit. He heard that yeah, he still has his ticket stubs. I think it was six dollars wow. a day. You know, they performed that's that awesome. he heard this there. You know, so he's he's I, I really like a lot of the stuff that he likes. Uh, a lot of the classic rock, the Americana stuff. I just yeah. always love this song and it's one of those songs that like we were saying, I you know try you try to learn to play on guitar, you listen to it, you're like, Oh man, I don't know if I'm be able to do this and you look it up and it's like four chords. And you're like, Oh <laughs> yeah. man, that's oh, yeah. you know, this one's fun to play. Like it's simple but it's fun to play. You know, it's pretty straightforward with all the verses, all the characters. It's also good for a sing along. Yeah, well. right, right. I mean, yeah. Well classic sing along. So I grew up with three sisters. And no brothers. So I'm like super like emotional and stuff. <laughs> Ladies. <laughs> uh, <laughs> super in touch with your emotions. Yeah. And uh, so around the corner were these, uh, this family, the McCurdy's, and they had all boys. So I was like real mm-hmm. good friends with them growing up. And this is, 
become between this and bad bad leroy brown uh, by jim croce these two songs are still songs that we Mm. listen to to this day that just you know they're like our songs if you will that's great yeah and so like you mentioned i almost feel like this song created the americana genre like looking back on what that means today Mm -hmm. a little bit Mm -hmm. uh and like you said, Billy, to, to write a song that's basically part of the American songbook, that's like the pinnacle of music for, mu- for a musician. To write a song that becomes part of the American songbook, right. it's like, all right, I'm good. But to be written by a Canadian, uh, come on, man. <laughs> well, uh, well but- <laughs> also, I mean, Robbie, Robbie gets yeah, the writing yeah. credit, but this is one yeah. that caused some... Yes. Some issues. Well, yeah, because we'll get into that in a little bit. But but yeah, I mean, the again, kind of like you, Billy, my mom owned uh, music from the Big Pink and it played a lot and re-listening to it today. I mean, it's it's got to be one of the best albums of all time. There's really not a bad song on it other than maybe uh, Lonesome Susie there toward the end. Not my favorite, but it's it's weird about the song. The music is fairly basic. Like you said, there's only four chords, but the voices are not basic. And, you know, the lyric is not basic. Uh, you know, it's poetry sung by two, two, two of my favorite singers in, in rock and roll or Americana or country or whatever the fuck you want to call it. And, you know, you put that with the melody and the voices and you put the load right on me, baby. And I'll yeah. take it all day oh, long. You got wow. some gold there. <laughs> Good job. And to, to what you were just talking about, much to Robbie's chagrin, when I put this song on, all I thought was leave on, leave on, leave on, man. Right. Because the drums are so heavy, it's just like boom, boom. And then he comes in with that voice, and uh, it's just so amazing. I think everyone who's ever owned a guitar has at least fiddled around with it. Every yeah. high school band's covered it. Every coffee shop is it's on. It's either on the open mic stage or on the radio once a night. Oh, and for sure. yeah, just like you guys are saying, all the crazy characters, just like the relatability of the burden, or whatever it is. Like, there's so many things in the song where things aren't working out, but it still sounds like a good time, or at least just you you kind of like relate to the guy, whatever is going on here. There's not one thing I'd change in this song. I mean, it's uh, heavily celebrated, but I think still underrated. Like, I, I don't know if you could so keep you, enough praise on interesting, this. Interesting, yeah. It's funny you say it's all Levon because for me, my favorite part, and I've always been drawn to this to, to this part of the song in general. And I don't maybe it's because it's so Levon heavy in the beginning, but the Crazy Chester verse is yes, my favorite part of this me song. Me too. It's Danko, what I always dude. walk away it's with. The best. And and I think it's just because yeah. his voice is so un- unique, and it reminds me of for some reason this is not in a bad way. It reminds me of dr- that Droopy the dog character, you know, that old cartoon <laughs> character. Yeah, well, Chester. Yeah, right. Danko. It seems like he's kicking dirt when he's singing it. Oh, crazy Chester. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Fuck you, Chester. Crazy Chester followed me, and he cut. But then, and then just the embarrassment of riches this band has in just in the vocal department, because then like at the end of the, the, the chorus every time, you just get Richard Manuel's beautiful voice going, real low in the mix, but it still, it sounds so good. It's just like, ah, we can't, we can't get out of here without him contributing, you know, more than just the harmonies there. 
uh, in the chorus. You know, just the fact they had so many guys that could sing is yeah. I think that it's unfair. The Danko to other bands. It's such a long song. The Danko verse is definitely important, but I wouldn't want him singing the whole song. It's like a good, it's right. a good oil to the water of Levon. And it's so rare that like your two lead singers on this song are the rhythm section. It's the bass player mm-hmm. and the drummer. Yeah, you and know. just what he did, what he t- he took Robbie's words and really made it shine. Yeah. Well, we can move we can move to the lyric now because I mean it, it, that's probably the most discussed and like you mentioned, Billy, like debated point of this. If you want to expand on that now, yeah. I mean, if you haven't seen it, once we're brothers, Robbie Robertson and the band, <laughs> you have to watch that documentary. Whether you know anything uh, about the band or not, you need to watch that documentary. It is amazing. Um, it is a little one-sided on Robbie's take on everything. <laughs> Just a little bit. It's really awesome. And, you, you know, when when I was reading up on the song, and you realize that these really were based on characters in their lives, but the way that Robbie wrote it, uh, mm-hmm. whether this was on purpose or not, you know, there's biblical takeaways from this, if you want it mm-hmm. to be. You know, and that's kind of what you know, religious yeah. people oh do. They find a way, you know, well, but you don't yeah. even need to find a way in this song because they really are just right there. And I mean, obviously, in the documentary, he talks about, you know, I actually didn't even know what town I wanted to pull in. And I looked inside my Martin guitar and, you know, Martins are made in Nazareth, Pennsylvania. So uh, I said Nazareth. Uh, that's what he says. Uh, that's what he says. Exactly. Yeah, that's Robbie making up some legend there. But it's good yeah, it's because you... It's one of those songs where, you know, like we talked about Back to Black last week, and it's, you know, pretty clear what she's talking about. But this is one of those songs where it can be interpreted so many different ways. Yeah, it's very abstract. Like, even though I don't know a Crazy Chester, I I know probably five Crazy (laughs) Chesters. You know, like every, every single character you can relate to and just doing favors for people and you know the, the reason like, it's such good storytelling is he's basically telling an allegory which is a very old traditional way of telling a story and he's doing it like like you mentioned in you know where he says oh you know and the other members of the band like these are about people that we know and that could be but to frame it in to take basically the most popular story in america that that of jesus christ and i didn't know jesus was american ma- Uh, it depends it depends on where you live in america um (laughs) but to take the most like kind of well-known story that like pretty much any american kid would know at at this time especially and making jesus just like this unknown narrator that can't find a bed and throwing him in a small town in america and then making god this old southern woman basically and then having him interact with all these almost like you know kind of like a mill of canterbury's tale kind of thing as well like he's just he's on this journey yeah in and it's very specific to america i think yeah and robbie is such a wordsmith he he summed it up best with his quote that it's about the impossibility of sainthood which is yeah. an amazing quote. Yeah. You know, that's that's Robbie. Although we should say that Levon said, you know, Robbie probably did 60% of the vocal. Danko and Manuel probably did another, you know, 20 to 30. And then he probably did a smaller portion of that. And of the Garth lyrics, Hudson, you mean? plays piano. Yes. Mm-hmm. And Garth Hudson, who did piano, did a lot of the music. So, uh, because melodically, it's a pretty common melody. Right. I mean, it's 
I can't think the, the structure is basically the one three five. So yeah, total, um, total. I was thinking the exact same thing. One three five. And let, yeah. What does well, that it, mean? Explain well, it to me and the listeners okay. who don't. Are, you're just talking about chords, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so well, have you played the song? Yeah, of course. Do you know how to play it on the guitar? Okay, so what key do you play it in? G. Okay, the song itself is in A. So Neil, you want to? Well, I was just gonna elaborate. In, in Billy's terms earlier, you were talking about the D version of a song. One three five takes that out of it. That means no matter what key you're in, you go up. The, to the third step of a major scale and then to the fifth step of a major scale. You know? Gotcha. So one A, C sharp, D. Mm-hmm. Do, re, mi. Fuss so basically in G, it's one, three, five. In D, it's one, three, five. You're, mm-hmm. you're just playing a, a different different key. So it, that's fairly simple. Take a load off Take a load It's uh, take a load. I mean, look, that could have two meanings. Take a load off, Fanny. Take sit your ass down. You know, sit your Fanny yeah, that, down. That's a, or yeah, Fanny is someone. You know, I mean, look, guys, you brought me on here for my philosophications, so I'm gonna <laughs> philosophize for you, and that's what you just got. And that's all dependent on the comma placement, which he didn't write that down the lyrics, so um, we don't know. Well, so he's like little know. he's like Lil Wayne. He doesn't write down his dick. lyrics. He just <laughs> <laughs> They're all up here. Well, all up in the nog. Speaking of the chorus, I think this is in the hall of fame of like bad bar harmonies or like guys sitting around being like Took the low, took the low. They're like, no, not there. He did, wait a second. Wait a right on, right on, right on me. It's it's the bad singers hall of fame. Well, and and everyone, if you're American, when it gets to she's the only one, has to do she's the only one. <laughs> and then just the timing of the ant. Eh, eh, eh. No, yeah. no, not yet, not yeah. yet. <laughs> Nobody ever yeah. sings the right part with each other. It's great. <laughs> and it's and when you're doing that, it it always ends up being something funny because you can always make fun of the one person who was off or or everybody hit it at the same time and you just get more drunk off of that. Absolutely. Like yeah, I'm, I, yeah I'm, I must say, anytime I've ever covered covered that in a band, I get anxiety when we get to that part. I'm like, oh my god, gonna, who's who's gonna fuck this up? Do you not <laughs> cover that in a rehearsal? And that song is more of a uh, spur of the moment. I don't think that that is like number one. Like, yeah, that's let's true. run over the weight twenty times tonight. <laughs> well, yeah, of yeah, course. No, you're yeah, just yeah. like, we know how to do the one three five. Yeah, does anybody know the walk down? Okay, cool, let's do it. And then you're just like, you get to that and, and you're like, do we got this? And it's like, I don't know. Let's see where we're. Let's see what is, happens. So, me get me. Can I be the non-smart music person? <laughs> that's me. Anyway. Oh, yeah. You say the walk down. Are you talking about the opening riff? Well, kind of. It's it's the same, but the boom, 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 Yeah. So, and yeah, I guess the opening lick is basically the same thing, right? Not really. And you put the load right on Speaking of the music, we should mention that John Simon produced this, which uh, he worked with Joplin and Big Brother and the Holding Company, Blood, Sweat, and Tears, and Leonard Cohen, as well as the band on this and, and multiple other their albums. And, you know, the band is con- made up of Levon Helm, uh, who's drumming and 
lead singing and Rick Danko playing bass, also singing Richard Manuel, Hammond organ and vocals, Garth Hudson on piano and Robbie on the Robbie Robertson on acoustic guitar. The music here is pretty straightforward, but you know, the production is outstanding. I I would say other than that lick and that walk down and the piano kind of barrage that kind of guides you through the chorus yeah, well, it's all about the drums and piano. Like, that's almost all you need for this song. Like, you can barely hear the guitar picking around. The bass obviously needs to be there, but it's nothing special. But but the, the, the bass itself is buried kind of yeah, with every, the drums. It's all, like, it's all piano and drums, and pia- the piano just rumbles along. And then, like you said in the chorus, it does those sweet riffs where they're just going crazy in between kind of the, the verses. Yeah, and then it, yeah, it just basically kind of got, it's almost like you're just kind of walking, like with, cause the piano, I think it's doing eighth notes, just don, 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 in the, in the verses. Something like that. I mean, I just, I mean, it's, it's kind of doing a, it's, it's holding a lot of ground because it's playing a heavy bass piano yeah. and kind of up high. So. Absolutely. So what, so basically it, to me, the music and the production kind of feels like you're walking and then you kind of stop and take in the view in the chorus Mm -hmm. and it, it, that piano just kind of guides you through like almost like you're stopping to take in, like, I I don't know, whenever I think of this song, I think of like walking around a town and then stopping and like noticing something going on, almost like you're an observer, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. basically, which is what the narrator is. And, and, and you can stand in for anyone in any small town in America. I love it. I love it. It's so good. Billy, production thoughts? I don't know anything about music production. Get out of here. Jeez. Uh, yeah, I really, it's funny. It's funny to listen to you guys. Uh, not funny, but interesting to listen to you guys talk about music production because I feel like it's, as an actor myself, like sometimes I get a little annoyed because I'm uh, kind of nitpicking some things like actors do in shows or movies rather than just enjoying the movie. Yeah. So I feel like it's that mm-hmm. like it's uh, and <laughs> not sure if you guys knew, but uh, I played division two college football. No big deal. Uh, <laughs> and, it, but at one point when I was watching football games, shout out, ODU. Yeah, shout really? out ODU shout Panthers. Out ODU. at one point when I was watching football games, I would get annoyed at myself because I would just, I, it was like, cause you were just breaking down film all the time. You would just start mm-hmm. watching only yeah. the defense and you weren't even like really enjoying the game. So I feel like it's similar yeah. to that where you guys with uh, a musical ear kind of listen to the production of it as to where like I listen to Back in Black or just this song. And I would you guys are mentioning how great the production is for the weight. And to me, it's like, does it need to be that good? You know, like it seems yes. so basic. <laughs> it does. I mean, just it, it sounds that good because of the production. That's why... Yeah. I mean, there's some good covers, but as far as just playing it like they did, it never sounds that good. I mean, I think it was just their talent, too. It's a production. Why is their version so pure and so much better than the people who try to cover them? Because, um, like I said, with the drums, the drum sound is amazing in this, how it just is pounding throughout. And yeah. a lot of people like focus more on the guitar and less on the piano. What they did here with just drums and piano is pretty unique. Is that all? And, and is that all yes. John Simon, or is it a combination of their pure talent of the way Le- Levon like hits the drum, or the well, way Robbie strums? It, like, it, it, sorry, I'm just I'm interested. It's a combination of the fact that this band A is so tight, so that stuff was probably even done live mm-hmm. uh, at that house in Woodstock, mm-hmm. and then just getting the production is more of like getting the sound right 
so placing the mics and and putting the right effects and and mixing in the the final mix correctly. Right. So like like Neil said, really all you're hearing is the drums and the, like the piano, the the bass. You, like you can hear the piano when it comes up. The guitar, you can I mean you barely hear the bass. Like I said, is buried in. That's all mm-hmm. decisions that the product pr- production make. And and j- even as a musician, when I listen to a song, I I, I don't recognize all that stuff at first like i'd have to really dive into i just recognize whether whether i like it or not and how it makes me feel and that's Mm. it totally agreed i don't i don't ever think about that stuff unless i kind of sit down and kind of pine over try to dissect it okay um because because i don't i don't like it letting it get in the way Apparently, they didn't even like this song that much. They recorded it real quick, live, and they're like, "Yeah, it's all right. We'll throw it on." And, and then, there yeah, we are. I read that. Yeah. And that, now it's like their biggest song that that they have. Now we can talk about the video a little bit because Billy, you mentioned the "We Were Brothers Once," but you can't watch that before you watch the Last Waltz. If you haven't oh. seen the Last Waltz, turn this fucking pod off. And go go stream it somewhere. It's it's the best musical documentary or concert footage that you you can watch it's just full of like the best musicians from the 60s and 70s and they do a version of this with the staple singer which they don't do live they do it in a studio which i love strictly for pop staples take on the the luke version Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah he sings it so soft it's fucking hilarious (laughs) i mean it's so delicate he's just like and Luke waiting on a judgment yeah. day. And you're just like, oh, Pops. And the way Scorsese films that, where he's just like, he introduces each singer as they begin like a new verse. It's it's fantastic. But just a quick point about the production, Billy. If you listen to that version, the drums don't sound the same. The music doesn't sound the same. And that's because it's a different version of the right. song. It's not produced in you know the room they did. And, and just the music from the Big Pink, they had a certain sound in that house up there. Mm-hmm. That that Simon and them were able to kind of wrangle and make just beautiful fucking music with. Kind of like the way like uh, people talk about uh, Muscle Shoals. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. I mean, I watched it today, and my biggest takeaway was Robbie. In the beginning, I think before they even go to the Staple Singers, he's playing this Gibson double neck Les Paul mandolin. Which is fucking yes. insane. I looked, I was like, what the fuck is that thing? I tried to find it today. I was like, how much is one of these things? Um, I could barely even find one. But what do you guys think the price was? Ooh. 20? 20 grand? There's only one? A, no, no. There, there's, there's plenty, but I don't think, I think it was pretty limited. I'll go 10. I'm not going much as 20. $74,995. So you didn't order it. I put it on layaway. I should I should sell the one that I have then. Jesus. I've been, I've been like, oh uh, I'm going to figure out how to play this thing at some point. Fuck that. You're like, I don't need just a, a single neck. Yeah, no, I'm going to sell this $74,000 thing and then be able to pay rent for a quarter of the year. It'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> well, this song uh, we usually mention this number forty-one on uh, Rolling Stone's uh, top five hundred songs of all time. That might be the highest we've done 
Neil, do you do you remember? I feel like that's fair. I feel like that's oh, Day in the Life was definitely like number three. Oh yeah, Day in the Life is probably. But if you if you want to find out, since we can't remember, there's a whole back catalog for free of Pie Rock and Roll episodes <laughs> that you can listen to with plenty of songs on there. Pick and choose the ones you like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and speaking of liking things, let's start vibing and talk about when exactly you want to hear this song. Billy, it's your song. Why don't you uh, tell us when you want to hear The Weight by the band? Fire pit, end of the night, sitting around with your friends, just chilling. It doesn't even have to be like, it doesn't even have to be like a sing-along like night that you're doing. But if this thing comes on and yeah. you're just sitting around drinking with your friends, like you don't even have to be drinking to sing along to this song. Like it's, that, that, it's amazing. That's true. That's, that's, that's me. Fire pit in the summer. I've got some, I've had about. 13 Bud Lights throughout the day watching college football, and then this thing comes on. And, <laughs> and, and then and then you're the one who fucks up the, the, the harmonies. <laughs> no, never. The I am. The, the, ti- the timing of the and, you just come in. Yeah, no, they Everybody call like, me no, they yet. call me Billy Puth sometimes. I have perfect pitch like that Charlie Puth guy. <laughs> Billy Puth. <laughs> oh, God. Neil, when do you want to hear... Uh, the weight. Well, I totally agree with Billy's uh, orange glow from the firelight. That that paints a nice picture. But it's anytime. I mean, really, it's one of those songs that I, I'm never going to turn it off. And I had a hell of a time two days ago at noon, beautiful day, California, just walking my dog, listening to this in different versions. So, uh, it was one of those times where you really like enjoy the song for what it is i wasn't like trying to take notes or like think about what i think about it just like being in that world and fucking walking around in the sunshine oh absolutely i for me to to reference a a widespread panic song this is a porch song for me like Mm -hmm. this is sitting on the porch uh looking at the stars looking at the sunset (laughs) looking at uh yeah porch rock this is this is Grade A. I mean, isn't that all Americana music yeah. is porch rock, basically? But this, they is, the, this is the king. This rock. is the king of porch rock. It, this yeah. is the king of. This is what. This is the, the. No, it can't be the king. You'd have to say it's the. Uh, it's the uh, the grandfather of porch rock. It's just we're sitting in the old <laughs> old happy porch rock. Oh. <laughs> Josh is from Mississippi. I don't know if I want your grandfather from Mississippi's opinion on pretty much anything other than ouch, other than moonshine, ouch. maybe. You don't want Big Daddy's opinion on uh, on anything. Tell Come me, on. World War Two vet. Tell me, your, shot in the ass. Your grandfather's. You called him Big Daddy, and he was shot in the ass in World War Two. Not Big Daddy, Big Daddy, because that's how we say it in the South. Daddy. Big Daddy. The solid five years he was in my life, yes. And he had the hardest grip. Now he's Big Daddy, for sure. Because he's dead. <laughs> he sold jukeboxes and went to Vegas a lot. Wow. That sounds like a fun life. Yeah, and uh, maybe a value addict from the, the shrapnel in his ass? I don't know. Sounds but even speaking more fun. Of, <laughs> speaking of Valium, why don't we uh, <laughs> dip under the Why don't we slide under the influence? And uh, talk about the influences, this song influenced by, influence moving forward, et cetera, et cetera. Billy, what you got? Man, I, I'm going to sound like a broken record, but I'm going to compare it to something newer, and it's Houndmouth. Okay. Houndmouth, like Shane, yeah. Shane I mean, Bowes, I think his last name is there. I know his first name's Shane, their yeah. drummer. There's a song called My Cousin Greg, 
and it's it's obviously <laughs> faster than the weight, but it yeah. just kind of it's story like like this. It's heavy drums. Everybody in the band can right, sing exactly. I just I love that band Houndmouth, and I I think I even mentioned a couple weeks ago. I feel like they're the new Americana. Like they they're just a newer yeah. version. Uh, you can never compare anyone to the band, but they sound a lot like them, and I enjoy them as much as I enjoy the band. They're definitely on the porch rock family tree. Yeah. Absolutely. They, they've definitely played, gave Pappy uh, a visit <laughs> every now and then. Uh, <laughs> Neil. Oh, you know who else gave Pappy a visit was Credence. I mean, this is very, uh, very Credence. Um, you know, or it's very, Credence is very banned. I mean, I think they're kind of Contemporaries. Regular. Yeah. And it's definitely like a Dylan storytelling song for sure. Hmm. Oh, and yeah. then, well, they they were his electric band. Yeah. yeah. And along those lines, I think just as a specific song, um, it's kind of like an American Pie, just the same kind of Americana stories, kind of memorable lines, shit like that. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I agree with everything you guys say. I mean, I would say something like this is coming from like the Carter family and like old school Appalachian like songwriting and, and, and singing and stuff like that. I would even say like this definitely influenced like Clapton and Harrison and some of their contemporaries moving forward into the seventies and the direction that they took. Willie Nelson's Redheaded Stranger, mm-hmm. you know, this this reminds me of that What'd a little you call bit. Me? Maybe more the album itself. <laughs> <laughs> Billy Nelson. <laughs> and then bands like, you know, that whole wave of like Uncle Tupelo and the Jayhawks. Uh, specifically the song Blue by the Jayhawks and just, you know, anything that came out of that Mm. kind of, okay, now we have this alt-country movement. Alt-country is basically just people who were influenced by the band, in my opinion. Um, Speaking of alt-country, that always puts me in the mood uh, to slide under the covers. And there's a lot of covers, so let's let's hit them. Billy, why don't you let us know your favorite cover of the song? I think it's probably going to be all of our favorite covers. I know, it probably is, because... I listen to a lot of covers and I've heard a lot of covers even, you know, before this week going into this, but like, it's funny how all of the covers, pretty much everybody plays it kind of like the band played it. Nobody puts too much extra oomph into it or even tries to make it their own, except for the one that I think, you know, we all love, which is the Aretha cover with yeah. Dwayne Allman and that actually uh, went was higher on the charts than the weight yeah, yeah, itself yeah, yeah. but I also mean. the staple singer uh, Little Feet and Bella Fleck have a good one Diana Ross and the Supremes with the Temptations yeah. and they even just like yeah. just straightforward played it like it sounds sang it like it sounds but there was one that I really, really loved other than the the Aretha one. And it was from, do you guys remember the TV show, My Name is Earl? Oh, of course. It was about yes. my hometown. So there, really? Congrats. The head writer went to uh, my hometown university. So My Name is Earl has an album, which I didn't know. And uh, Uncle Cracker does a cover of The Wait. Do you guys remember Uncle Cracker? Do you guys? I mean, I'm sure you do. Yes. Everybody knows Uncle Cracker. Um, so I thought that was a. What was their famous song? There. You mean he? I mean, he did Picture with Kid Rock. Oh, yeah. Sorry. He did When the Sun Goes Down with Kenny <laughs> Chesney. You, if you want to know about Uncle Cracker, you just ask me. Okay. 
I'm part of the I'm part of the crack den is what we call ourselves. <laughs> not, that's I'm the fan. The, the, the crack, crack den, den is the Uncle Cracker. Oh my god. Uh, uh, no, Good but definitely, Lord. you know, the best cover that I heard was uh, the Aretha with Dwayne Allman and Dwayne Allman. Yeah. Apparently, I read that. So he plays slide guitar in it, and he didn't use an actual guitar slide. He used an empty pill bottle. Yeah, a corson bottle. Oof. A corson bottle. No um, kidding. He he always used that. I just don't think there were many just oh. slides. There wasn't a guitar center back then, you know. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, he always used that those same bottles. He swore by them. Did you also hear the Dwayne Allman King Curtis instrumental version? Um, yeah, I've definitely heard it. It, it, that's great too yeah. I, I found the Little Feet and, and Bella Fleck a little too busy for this song um, I, like you said Billy mm. I, I just want to hear this song is all about the lyric and the singer and so unless you have you know the band playing it I listened to a live version of The Dead doing it in 91 where Jerry just seems like he's about to uh, Ooh, yeah, kill that one was good yeah. the one at Giant Stadium Ah oh, man, the voices are not good. Well, Jerry's is good. My... Every, like everyone takes a verse, and I thought Jerry's was the best. Yeah, I thought he was struggling. I mean, look, um, I am. He sounded old. I am a massive, he sounded a lot worse. <laughs> I'm a massive Dead fan, but if you're expecting good voices, come on, let's let's not be ridiculous. <laughs> especially on li- especially on live yeah. versions. <laughs> I, and Eric Church does one where. And I, I don't mind Eric Church. Um, I, I kind of like him. It, it is not good. It's super cheesy. He has this, this this woman, Joanna Cotton, come in and sing with him. And she's just like, Ugh! she tries to oh, do uh, oh, Mavis Staples, and it's just terrible. And then the guitar, and then he's like, take one. And then the guitar player just butchers a solo. I'm like, oh, my God, how could you release this on anything? It sucks. And obviously, I listened to all the ones you did. Dwayne and Aretha is the best. I just love that. Well, basically, she because this is such of a like a almost like a, a hymn, like an old hymn. Mm-hmm. She basically does the gospel version. Yeah, of the song, yeah, yeah. Right? It's gospel. Yeah, for well, sure. She puts some soul yeah, in. She, um, yeah, she's the one that's like different from all the others, but it's mm-hmm. but it's not. Okay. But it's still amazing. Billy, you said your dad was at Woodstock. He was. And yeah. probably probably saw this. Yeah. I don't know if you guys have seen or watched the Woodstock performance. But holy shit! Now, yeah, but by the band, it sounds like the album. I mean, it sounds really. There's differences because it's live, but production-wise, it's a great video. And it's rare that you look back at Woodstock and there's this great sound. You can tell it's live. It's not like overdubbed or anything. And it's they're yeah. just fucking crushing it, man. It's amazing. Uh, let's end this love fest on uh, uh, talking about how the shoes fit. So, Billy, how does the shoe fit for you with the weight by the band? Oh man. This is, I don't want to say Birkenstock, but I think I'm going to say a Birkenstock. This is <laughs> I just, I don't blame this you. This is like, this is a, cause just, I'm thinking of Bob Weir cause it's all he wears. Uh, but it's, uh, yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. Boom. Thank you. Thank you very much. It can be low key. You can wear a Birkenstock in your house. You can wear a Birkenstock out to lunch. You can wear it to the beach. You can wear it to the mall. You can wear it with Church, socks. Desert. You don't. You can wear a Birkenstock. Wear wear a Birkenstock anywhere, and you can listen to this song. Like you said, Neil, you were like, I don't even have a specific time. Like, put it on. I'm not going to turn it off. It's kind of like a Birkenstock. Yeah. 
Nice. And to that like to it. that point, I'll listen to this song at any time. This is definitely not a sneaker song, but I don't care what the shoe is. I mean, any it, it's it's any shoe, every shoe, any shoe, any time, any shoe is what you're saying. <laughs> but like it, it must, but I think it must be accompanied by a beat up jean jacket, whatever shoes you have on. Nice. Ah, I dig it. I'm gonna give a little side note before I say mine because the last verse. Catch a cannonball, take me on down the line. My bag is sinking low. I do, do believe it's time. If you're taking Fanny or Annie to be God, to get back to Miss Fanny, you know she's the only one who sent me here with her regards for everyone, right? That's the the verse that really pops into like mm-hmm. this is Jesus and Fanny's God. So this song fits like a thin but sturdy pair of sandals that will hold up on a long journey back to dust. Did you just describe a Birkenstock? Back to dust, baby. I he just went mystic gospel. Maybe <laughs> he had to pivot from Birkenstock. Yeah, Josh had to be the annoying, typical LA guy and give us some stupid, long, drawn out thing just to say Birkenstock. I'm just kidding, Josh. It was beautiful. Oh, Billy, and you know what? You know what else was beautiful? Your guest host appearances on this pod. We really appreciate it. Billy Griffin, actor, comedian, good guy all around. Just a mensch. I had a blast. Say, Thank right? you guys so much. You guys have done such a good job here, and it's uh, it's cool to uh, for like a intermediate guitar player and someone who listens to a lot of music to hear you guys, you know, go into the specifics of some things is really cool because you hear that kind of stuff in documentaries and you're like, Oh God, you know, what, what are they talking about? So to sit here with you guys has been fun. <laughs> Billy, it's been a pleasure, man. Thank you so much. Um, hopefully we can keep doing it down the line. Um, and on that note, Billy's acoustic solo version of. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not going to, we're not going to do that to the people. The D version. <laughs> Kidding. Um, we, on that note, our cover of the band's The Weight. Just need to find a place where I can lay my head. Hey, mister, can you tell me where a man might find a bed? He just grinned and shook my hand, and that was all he said. Take a load off, Fanny. Take a load for free. Take a load off, Fanny. Put the Lord right on me Picked up my bag Went looking for a place to hide When I saw a common and the devil Walking side by side I said, hey, common Come on, let's go downtown Said I gotta go, but my friend can stick around. Take a load off Fanny. Take a load for free. Take a load off Fanny. And you put the load right on me. Down Miss Moses 
The cover you just heard was performed by Josh Bond and Neil Marsh. Thanks for listening to Pod Gave Rock and Roll to you. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and rate on Apple, iTunes, and Spotify or wherever you listen. If you'd like to communicate with us, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram under the handle at PodGaveRock or shoot us an email, uh, what at PodGaveRock.com. Next week, we are going to discuss the making of our record For the Kings is the band, Turn It Off is the album. Stream it wherever you listen, and tune in next time to hear us talk about recording and writing and releasing music as independent artists. Can't wait!